Many of you have heard me talk about the test that saved my wife's life, that she didn't end up having cancer like her mom and passing away like her mom of an estrogen dominant cancer. Well, we're gonna talk with an expert who teaches my doctors all about how to look at this test. All right, we talk about the differences of blood tests, urine tests for hormones, it is a hormone test, and we're going to dig deep with my wife's actual test and what we need to look for, and also some of the natural solutions on what we can be doing to mitigate some of these problems. And remember that you can still be feeling good taking hormones in developing a more serious condition like cancer. We talk all about that. Stay tuned. I want to give thanks to one of our sponsors, Cytodefend. Look, at a time like this, I think that our immune system and keeping our immune system up right now is more important than ever. I can also tell you that I pay attention to the things that keep my immune system on par and healthy. So, so glad that Cytodefend is one of our sponsors here on Cell TV. And it's a product that I use, my family uses, and hopefully you'll check it out. And by the way, you can check it out with the link right here below. If you want to try a free bottle, you can actually get a free bottle, just pay the shipping. And I think you'll reorder after that, but check it out. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cytodefend product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit freeimmunity.com. Again, that's freeimmunity.com. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today we welcome Dr. Carrie Jones, who is the medical director at Precision Analytical. And she's here today to talk about estrogen, perimenopause, menopause, and cortisol, and why when you're getting blood work from your doctor, you're constantly told that you're fine and within a normal range, but your body is telling you otherwise. I always love the topic of hormones, and I cannot wait to learn more. So let's welcome Dr. Carrie Jones and of course, Dr. Pompa to the show. Welcome both of you. Thank you. My gosh, what an honor to be on. I appreciate it. This is an important show. This, uh, <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about the thing that I always say saved my wife's life because uh, her mom died of an estrogen-driven cancer, and my wife was heading down the same road, uh, unknowingly, really. Yeah. I mean, in so many ways, you know. And honestly, I, I think that a lot of people watching this need to listen because um, oftentimes people are taking bioidentical hormones or hormones of any sort, feeling good and yet could be developing cancer or another problem, right? right. So that's one, one of the issues. And we're going to discuss the test that I've used for years. Um, I think it's, like I said, I mean, it, I, it saved my wife's life. I mean, honestly, I, I really um, believe that. And um, so many others, you know, this is the test most of my doctors use. You know, we've all been utilizing this test for a long time. We're going to dissect it. We've never met anybody who dissects it better than you. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you, you have trained our doctors. We bring you on our training calls. Uh, you know the fine tuning of this far better than I. So we're going di to dig into that because, like I said, I, I think everyone, male and female, needs to hear this information. And uh, of course, we'll make the test available. It's, you can um, easily uh, access it. 
but um, also a lot of your information we're going to make accessible. Tell us your story. How did you get into this? Because you've become the hormone whisperer. I don't know what to call you at this point, but the hormone. I like it. I like it. Hormone whisperer. I'll take it. I'll take that title. It's uh, interesting. I grew up knowing I always wanted to work in women's health. I thought it was going to be OBGYN or I thought it was some combination OBGYN pediatrics, moms and kids. And when I got into undergrad and was uh, finishing my pre-med requirements, I was working at two different hospitals. I was volunteering. One hospital was in the pediatric wing. It was very sterile. It was very conventional. It was very medication, um, you know, surgery-based. And it's, that's great when it's needed. It's wonderful when it's yeah. needed. And I thought, this is not the medicine for me. And the other hospital I volunteered in was in the community outreach. And I adored it. I worked with two nurses. Yeah. We went out in the community and educated. We talked about blood pressure. We talked about dietary and lifestyle habits, smoking, blood sugar, all these things. And I learned a lot. I grew up in the South. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, and I learned sex ed from my football coach. That's who taught us. Southern girl, man. What so do you, you can imagine. Of course it's the football coach. I mean, obviously. And so you can imagine the things that my friends and I just didn't know. And back then the internet didn't exist. And so it was a lot of blind spots for a lot of years. Fast forward, I found a naturopathic medicine, went to school, did my residency in hormones and have found my calling because so many women, uh, men as well, they're in the same boat. They had terrible educational experiences growing up, if any. Uh, the internet, as we know, is a little bit unreliable and uh, people learn about hormones or sex ed stuff or cortisol and stress or period stuff through their friends and it's not always applicable to them. And so that's what got me into educating about hormones. And now, uh, as Ashley said, I am the medical director for a hormone lab. So I am a hundred percent invested all day, every day. Yes, you are. And like I said, you <laughs> sure have made a difference for uh, me and my docs that, you know, that that's for sure. You know, okay. I, when we talk about hormone panels, hormone, I, look, I, I would think that 95% of the people watching or listening to this, if we talk about a hormone test, they think of going to their doctor and getting a blood test. Uh, you and I both would agree there's a place for that. Totally. Um, it does give you a certain amount of useful information, you know. But we both believe that this urine, 24-hour urine hormone collection, well, urine collection that we look at the hormones over a 24-hour period, is a superior test in many ways. Let's dissect the two, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so benefits of blood work. What can that bring us? And then we'll move into the test that you and I love. Blood work is, you know, it's, it's standard. It's generally covered by insurance. Uh, you can do it right there in your doctor's office when you're getting some sort of exam. You get a lot of the superficial information. You want an estrogen, they can draw an estrogen. You want a progesterone, they can draw a progesterone. Some things can only be tested in blood. As far as we know, we check thyroid in the blood. We check all yeah. our heart markers in the blood, uh, our insulin glucose markers, et cetera. Um, but it, it also has a lot of limitations because it literally is just that one point yeah. and that one hormone. Uh, and because it's blood, the way that blood versus other fluids in the body work, you can't see it, the pathways. It's, it's tough for you to see where is my hormone going? So women feel hormonal. They get an estradiol check. They get a progesterone check. They told they're totally normal. And it's like, wait a minute. And just like with your wife, it's possible these hormones are going down pathways 
that are not great. They're kind of naughty. And that's what we need to know. And that's what led us to dried urine testing. Yeah. Find that. Yeah. And, and blood test doesn't, I said that this test saved my wife's life. We're actually going to pull up one of her um, more recent tests. I don't think it's her most recent, but um, you know, obviously, you know, she really improved. Her first test showed extremely high levels of a estrogen metabolite. We'll just call it a toxic estrogen, if you will, um, for hydroxyestrone that's been linked to breast cancer and other estrogen uh, cancers and also 16 um, hydroxyestrone, right? So mm -hmm. those are considered the bad estrogens, but they're really estrogen metabolites, meaning that you break estrogen down and you make these, but they can be extremely toxic in, in the, they are in fact linked to cancer. Now, um, I can't, my wife didn't have a lot of symptoms. What yeah. she did have though is a history. Her mother um, had breast cancer she went through standard care, was considered a breast cancer survivor. However, because I said to her, Joyce, if you don't get to the cause of this problem, you know, you're going to end up with another estrogen type of cancer. Well, of course, my doctor said that it has nothing to do with that, right? Mm -hmm. And estrogen. I'm like, what, what do they mean? Right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, 10 years later, I mean, almost exactly that. Uh, mm -hmm. She ends up getting a uterine cancer diagnosis Ugh. and she ended up dying two years later, you know, and I, and I can tell you with where my wife's test was, she was in fact heading in the same direction. So, you know, it, it's, it's really one of the big things about this test that I love is because you can't look at estrogen metabolites um, on blood, mm -hmm. right? So that's an, yep. another benefit of this test. And may, what are some others? It, the same goes for testosterone. So mm -hmm. a lot of people experience, uh, like women, I have acne along the jawline. I have PCOS. I have hair growth in places I surely don't want on my yeah. chin, down my neck. I'm experiencing female pattern baldness, males, prostate issues. Males say they have male pattern baldness. Just like estrogen gets broken down and turned into these metabolites, so does testosterone, so does DHEA. And so it's nice to know that if you're going down the more aggressive pathway that we call the alpha pathway, you can see the progression through yeah. these metabolites. And then it's a big aha moment for a lot of people. That's why I have acne. That's why I'm getting mm -hmm. chin hair. That's why, you know, my, I vary PCOS. And so by knowing that we get that extra benefit, yeah. same goes for cortisol. We break down cortisol and we tell you what your cortisol breakdown is. So just, it sounds, um, it gets blown off a lot, but when we know how our hormones are breaking down and when we know as they break down, they can turn into not so fun things. And if we know that we can change it, mitigate it by diet, lifestyle, supplementation, why wouldn't you want to? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the test gives you so many um, peaks into areas that you would never get from a hormone yeah. blood test. For example, you mentioned it, cortisol, right? You can mm -hmm. really look at what the adrenals are doing to compensate. Oftentimes to try to make more estrogen or, um, or just stress alone, you get a really good look and we're going to, we're going to actually pull up a test so you can actually see what we're talking about, but you're right. You get this view of this whole hormone chain, mm -hmm. right? Like how one hormone can go to another progesterone, it's called progesterone steel, it could be dumping into more cortisol and creating more problems, right? So a lot of people are taking hormones, but you can really see what these hormones are doing. Are they causing trouble? Because like mm -hmm. I said, you could actually be feeling better and actually having uh, 
problems um, right. with your hormones and actually causing more problems, I should say. Right. Um, you know, and then also, like I said, um, with men, prostate problems, right? You can mm -hmm. see where there's uh, certain enzyme problems, certain pathways, certain conversion issues that could be the answer to the problem. Yeah. And, and um, men experience estrogen issues yeah. like women. I mean, men don't have as much estrogen, but absolutely. Men will start to say, I'm more depressed. I'm less motivated. I'm getting this breast tissue. My, you know, pecs mm -hmm. are getting flabby. I'm getting this beer belly. Like what is happening to me? Is it testosterone? Not necessarily. It could absolutely be the conversion into estrogen and Men have to clear estrogen the same way that women do. It's the same, it's same, same through the pathways. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you're not clearing certain types, that can be a problem. It can, that can be a problem. Let, yeah. Let's, uh, let's pull up one of the tests here. Um, oh, I'm excited. While we're talking. <laughs> I'll just yes. let, I'll just, I'm just going to let you go on this. Um, so people can get a really good glimpse of what this test shows. So pretend like um, you're looking at this. Um, and saying, okay, client, right? Um, here's what's going on. Here's what I see. And, you know, try to dumb it down uh, for us so we can mm -hmm. all go, oh yeah, okay, that's what you mean. <laughs> Absolutely. So I know it's a little hard to read and I know it's a little overwhelming. So I'm going to directionally orient everyone. Mm -hmm. On the left-hand side, uh, there are a bunch of, so first of all, let me step back. These are dials and the dials are read like a speedometer. So mm -hmm. just like in your car, when the speedometer is low, it's low. When it's, you know, when it's rubbed up, it's the same in your body, it's high. And then things are color coordinated. So green is good. Red is not good. Blue is kind of in between. And we just sort of follow the black arrows from the top down. So speedometer, color-coded arrows. Then on the left-hand side are your androgens. So left-hand side are your testosterone, your DHEAS, and a couple of those metabolites and I don't know who names metabolites. I would have named them something very easy and simple, but these metabolites are called etiocalanolone and androsterone, which is not important. What's important is their pathways. And so if you favor the left side over the right side, you're less likely to have acne. If you favor the right side, you're more likely to have acne or facial hair. Or, uh, when you say right side, left side, we look down, we see one arrow going more towards my Correct. Left, um, and then one going towards the right. So if you favor the right, yeah. um, less like likely, um, and the, the one side, you know, you're favoring, what, what did you say? We actually, we actually label it. Thankfully, we try to make it somewhat easy. It's called five alpha reductase. So on the yeah. left-hand side, you will see a, a, in big black bolded letters, five a reductase activity. Mm -hmm. And when it's leaning towards the right or the five alpha, the a for alpha, think aggressive, think acne. Oh, yeah. So acne. If you're leaning that way, then that person is more prone to those kind of side effects. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now on the right-hand side of the entire test, if we look in the upper right corner, there are three dials, three circles. That's progesterone. Progesterone, um, when we look in urine, uh, has two main components. We have a alpha component and we have a beta component of progesterone. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason is the beta is the most abundant in the human body, but it's the alpha that makes it more fun women tend to like having a little more alpha because it's the alpha that can go up to our brain and can cause calming and relaxing and sleep. 
So when women say, gosh, as I get close to my cycle, as I get into perimenopause, as I'm perimenopausal, I suddenly don't sleep. I feel more anxious. My anxiety is back. I just can't settle down. One of the big reasons for that is we lose out on that alpha form of the progesterone. So it's nice on this test to look at the dial and go, are you an alpha heavy person? Because that can really help you with your mm -hmm. sleep, relaxation, what have you. Got it. And, and, th and this is my wife's test. Um, <laughs> yes. I, you know, she's 53, perimenopause, right? So, yes. um, yeah, I mean, and you can see, note that there's different levels there, that little blue mm -hmm. square. Explain that a little bit. Oh, so the, it's like a bluish purple. It's really tiny. So you will see on either side of the dials are stars. So the, 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 those are the upper and lower range. You don't want to, you want to be in between the stars. Right. If you're below the star, you're going to hit a bluish purple patch. That's the menopausal range, fully right. menopausal. And so it's, um, she's, you said she's perimenopausal. So she's not stopped cycling. Yeah, she yet. had stopped for about a year and then she's, um, yeah, she got started. Okay. And started her period again. And so, so, you know, she's kind of like in between. She's, and she's at the upper end of the menopausal range, which is very classic for perimenopausal women. Cause they vacillate. Like sometimes they get their period. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes yeah. they get it every two weeks. Sometimes they get it every six months. And yeah. so that's not uncommon. Now it doesn't make it fun or fair, but it's not uncommon to see her results where she's at. And she's also an alpha person. So the, the, um, there's a little dial. It says one, three, three in the middle of it in the upper mm -hmm. right corner. That's yep. the, that's the alpha dial where it says one, three, three. Mm -hmm. And it, it think of it like a clock or, or even like a speedometer. It, that arrow is pointed higher than the, the beta on the, um, yes. which is the dial right next to it. So the, the ranges are not the same, but we're looking dial to dial where everyone's pointing. And so she favors the alpha, which means as her progesterone drops, she's going to hold out longer. She won't experience the sleep and anxiety over somebody else, but eventually she could as this drops all the way down. Huh. I'm the opposite. I'm a beta person when I test mine. And when my progesterone is low, uh, sleep is I, elusive. <laughs> and I know it. I can, I'm like, ah, oh, my progesterone. I need my progesterone back. It makes it different. Yeah. Okay. And then in below that. Estrogen. Um, you have your, yep. what we were discussing before, those estrogens that can become toxic yep. and these metabolites. So go ahead and go through that. So on the right-hand side in the middle, we have three types of estrogen, E1, E2, and E3. Those are our main estrogens for males or females. And then below that, you will see three arrows. So you will see a green arrow down to what's called 2OH, mm -hmm. a red arrow down to 4OH, and a blue arrow to 16OH. That section, including the pie chart, that's red, green, and, and uh, blue, that section collectively is known as phase one estrogen detoxification. So if you ever hear the words phase one, this is where we're looking on the test, phase one. Now, as we said earlier, it's the colors literally apply. So green is good. Green means go. We want mm -hmm. to favor that two pathway. The red is bad. We should stop that pathway. And so if you are a, a woman who is favoring that four pathway, you are more potential to develop cancer goes up because that four pathway, that four estrogen toxin can cause DNA damage. And we don't like DNA damage. We want our DNA to be very healthy. And the more they are damaged, the more at risk they are to develop mutation, 
which can lead to cancer. So just as in your mother-in-law when, with um, breast cancer and uterine cancer, we tend to see this pathway upregulated. A woman mm-hmm. tends to favor this pathway um, in, in those cases. So we want to divert her off. Now the blue pathways, it's sort of in between, we call it a proliferative or a growth pathway. It's great for bones. It helps prevent osteoporosis. Not so great for breast tissue though. It will cause breast tissue proliferation. Women will say, I feel um, breast fullness around my period or PMS time. Not great if you have breast cancer, it can encourage breast cancer to grow. Uh, It can encourage fibroids to grow. So we have to be very careful with that pathway. It's, it's definitely a Goldilocks effect. Too much, too little, we have a problem. And then explain uh, the E1, E2, E3, the, um, the estriol um, protective effects, um, the estradiol, and then discuss them also in bioidentical hormones or hormones mm-hmm. that people often take. The absolute most potent estrogen we have in the whole body, male or female, is the middle one. It's E2 estradiol. If we were to rank it, that's like a hundred, you know, like that's the most potent. Meaning when estrogen, when estradiol binds to an estrogen receptor, it turns it on all the way, loves the estrogen receptor, very active. Now it can convert into the other estrogen, E1 or the other estrogen, E3. So E1 is not nearly as potent. That's estrone. And it's sometimes viewed as more of like a holding um, because it can very readily convert into that potent E2. So we take both of them in a context because E1 could be E2 very, very quickly. And that's the most potent. But like on a scale, E1 is down like if, like if we had to rank it, it's down at like 20. You know, if E2 is 100, E1 is, is down at like 20. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side is estriol, E3, which is actually they... they um, they often talk about it being very protective. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to being estrogenic, uh, depending on which estrogen receptor it's around, how much estradiol is in the area, which tissue it's at, it can actually be very protective against things like breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, once you form estriol, E3, it cannot reverse back. E3 cannot turn back into the very potent E2. Once it's E3, it's done, and then it gets excreted out of the body. E3 is also very important in the vaginal tissue. It's very helpful for dryness. E2 is very helpful for um, infection. So women who report uh, repeat vaginal infections, or especially as they get into menopause, they feel like they get a lot of yeast infections. Uh, That's E2 is helpful for that. E3 is helpful for lubrication. So they're great, both very helpful for vaginal tissue, two different mechanisms of action. So we don't want to write off our E3. It is important. It's just depends where we Yeah, and, and it's the it. safe one to, to take as a bioidentical hormone, right? Especially if you have minor problems and you want something safe, um, E3 would be the one. Um, and then, like I said, the uh, estriol oil vaginally, um, it really does help uh, the dryness. Um, it to, does. To your point earlier. But it most does. often E2 is what's given in a hormone. Because um, it which, is because it's what does the job. Yeah. yeah. So when people say I'm having hot flashes, I'm having night sweats, my joints hurt, my brain is foggy. E2 is what improves those because that's what's binding to the receptors and doing all the work. Whereas E3 does the opposite. It's, it doesn't cause those symptoms, but it's not necessarily going to relieve those symptoms either because it's not the big estrogenic estrogen. Helpful in the vagina. 
Yeah. Not necessarily going to alleviate your hot flashes and night sweats. So when I, when I said that people can be taking a hormone like E2, uh, which would be typically, you know, what would be given to them mm-hmm. and yet you could feel better, but yet have, uh, you know, problems arising that you don't feel. What do I mean by that? Kind of show them now on the pathway, what would happen? Absolutely. So if you are taking estradiol, maybe you have a patch, maybe you have a pellet, maybe you are using a cream or some kind of sublingual dissolvable thing. Um, When you take it into your body, now your body has to detoxify it and it will pull it through phase one, which is right here, the pie chart, the three colorful arrows. If you are favoring the red arrow down the four OH pathway, then you are routinely feeding your body estradiol that could be going down that four pathway and could be causing DNA damage. Mm -hmm. So initially you feel fantastic. Your hot flashes are gone. Your brain works better. Your joints are more mobile. You're thrilled, but underneath the surface at a cellular layer, the DNA are like, help, help. (laughs) There's all this mutation and and that your DNA repair system can't keep up. And that's where we could get into some trouble. So let's give them before we go on to cortisols, um, Give, let's give some natural things that uh, people can do. O- obviously, you know, we both recommend this test highly because mm-hmm. symptoms aren't always the gauge, but many people going that, well, that's me. You've just you know, <laughs> mentioned many symptoms already, but okay. So, you know, um, when, I guess two questions, let, let, let's talk about some things we can do naturally. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I always say there's a time and a place for hormones, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, when would we do that? Let me finish, I'll finish out the test and then, and then explain what I would do, especially with estrogen. So in the lower left-hand corner, mm-hmm. you will see it's, it's really hard to read, but it says methylation activity. It's a little, mm-hmm. it's a little gauge that, and the dial next to it that says two methoxy and hers is 0.13. Mm-hmm. That collectively is known as phase two detoxification. Mm-hmm. So in phase one, you have the potential to make toxic estrogens. So the body is very intelligent and it neutralizes it in phase two. So on this report, we show you part of phase one and, and part of phase two. So we really like that phase two dial, that, that, that sort of um, graphic to be leaning towards and by the range way, or high. Her history was she had trouble. We had trouble getting her methylation up, to, mm-hmm. and, but you know, you're going to make the point, but the methyl groups get rid of these toxic estrogens. Yes. Hers yep. was down, and that's one of the reasons why her um, four hydroxyestrone and sixteen were going up. Because think of it, my analogy is always the same. It's a bathtub. So if you and it's and not you know I'm extra, so it's a clawfoot bathtub. So the water coming into your bot your bathtub are your estrogen is estrogen going through phase one detox? That's your your two, your four, your sixteen. So the green, the red, and the blue um, arrows there. Your drain is your part of your phase two. So you can't ever turn off the water with estrogen detox. It's happening 24-7, 365. It doesn't take off your birthday, Christmas, Hanukkah, nothing. It's always happening. So if you know you can't turn off the water, why are you messing with the water first? You should work with the drain. Because if in your own bathtub at home, all you're trying to do is like push the water around with your hands, but the drain is clogged, you're still going to overflow the bathtub and ruin your bathroom. So when we think about detoxification in our body, we think of the, uh, the exits of elimination, right? The outs, we like open those first, open the drain, open the sewer line, 
And then we back up and work with the water. So when, when women say, what can I do to make sure that my estrogen is getting cleared in a healthy way? I say, let's work with the, we have to work with the gut first and foremost, this test doesn't evaluate the gut, but hopefully you're going to work with a practitioner who does, because if you have constipation, it's the same thing as a clogged drain in your bathtub. So if you've got GI gas, bloating, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, you have a parasite, um, you go to the bathroom only every couple of days or maybe once a week, um, that's all going to lead to a backup with everything, but we're talking about estrogen. So I start there. Then I move up to this portion of the test that's called methylation. And so with methylation, most of the time people hear methyl. And they're thinking, oh, methylfolate, that must be MTHFR, which is a very common uh, genetic variant SNP that people could talk about all the time. It's actually not MTHFR. It's a different one. It's called COMT for, the, for those listening who happen to have the report and can quick look that up, COMT. But because it likes methyl groups, it's going to like things like glycine. It's going to like things like methyl B12. It does like methylfolate. It loves magnesium. That's the first thing it loves. It loves zinc. Um, it loves betaine, which we often hear about with like digestive enzymes. And so these, these can all be very helpful at making this portion of estrogen detox work. In fact, I said magnesium is the most important. It's the cofactor to make this happen. And as we know, so many humans are deficient in magnesium. Zinc is a backup and a lot of people are zinc deficient as well. So either working, of course, with your practitioner to get these in, but I find, and I'm sure you find too, a lot of people just either don't eat these nutrients or they don't absorb these nutrients. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have very low stomach acid. They're taking proton pump inhibitors or Tums or something of that nature. They've got intestinal stuff and they're just not going to absorb it very well. So they're going to struggle to move through, yeah. uh, to move through this part. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where you start. I, like you said, mm -hmm. you answered uh, part of the question, what these things you can do naturally. Well, you just, yeah. you mentioned a few right there that, yeah. and, and that is the basics. Yeah. Now I get asked a lot about, there's a product called DIM, as you know, DIM, mm -hmm. diandal methane. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of influencers, a lot of blogs, a lot of if, if, uh, info out there about DIM and estrogen. So DIM works on the path, the next pathway up. DIM works on the water. So your red, your green, your blue arrows. Mm -hmm. If you think of my bathtub analogy. So what DIM does is DIM takes the estrogen that's coming in and diverts it down the green pathway mostly, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. You would think, well, Carrie, why don't I start there? Unfortunately, DIM will lower estrogen out of circulation yeah. and your wife already has low estrogen. So I don't use DIM in a menopausal woman because I yeah. don't want her estrogen lower. Right. But if she were somebody who says, oh my gosh, I have estrogen excess or estrogen dominance, we see it on testing, then that woman is a good, or, or man, it doesn't matter, is, is a candidate for something like DIM. And DIM does come from your broccoli, your kale, your cauliflower. So um, eat those foods. And I'm totally okay with menopausal women eating those foods. I do have women in their 50s and 60s say, oh my gosh, should I stop broccoli? I'm like, no, no, no. It's the dose in the broccoli and the dose in a concentrated capsule are very yeah, different. Very, very different. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to move on to the next? Let's one? move on. Yes. Cortisol. All right. Well, this gives us a reflection <laughs> of uh, our stress, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and you can explain the pictures, the control tower there and how it's 
talking to our adrenals. Yes. So we call it the HPA axis, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And you can see in the purple, it says hypothalamus in the, in the picture of the brain, the, the person, the head pituitary is in the blue. And then the arrow comes down to that orangey gold looking thing. And that's your adrenal gland. And you have two of them, despite the drawing, you have two of them and they're located on, on a top of each of your kidneys. If you only have one kidney, then you, you really do only have one. So the adrenal glands put out a lot of hormones, but the main one we're testing here is cortisol. So we're looking to see cortisol production, which on this test is known as metabolized cortisol and Marilee's at 2,385. So it's the, it's the second dial on the right. Mm -hmm. And then below that is her free cortisol. And we graphed it out through the day for her. So if you look at the, 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 the graph on the right, if we just stay on the right side, so she's supposed to be in the gray shaded area and mm -hmm. she is the red line. You should go up like a mountain and then come down for the rest of the day. So she does make that mountain, but she does kind of drop uh, in the afternoon. She mm -hmm. does kind of drop in the afternoon. And yeah. you can, the dial, again, that second dial down that metabolized cortisol, she's, she's low, but I think you had said before she was everything, maybe everything was low. So this is her actually improving this is her coming back so yeah. it's it, it takes time yeah yeah no i mean i and i my right wife runs a high sympathetic right you know where <laughs> you know she's always on the go 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 and she has plenty of energy she sleeps well but um when i showed her this test i said look this is evidence that your adrenals you're just pushing them Mm -hmm. Right. You just need to, you know, they're, they're just, they're feeling it, you know? Yes. So of course I did after looking at this support her adrenals a little more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I tell, um, oftentimes it's those, it's those type A go-getters, you know, they're, they're burning the non-toxic candle at both ends. And mm -hmm. because they are and have been overachieving or pleasing or type A or organized or like that will, that will, um, win, over fatigue a lot until it doesn't. And what I mean by that is you can have low levels of cortisol, but if your default mechanism as a human is go, 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 get it done, cross it off my list, you know, get as much done as possible. I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Then your mindset of that will override the low cortisol for yeah. a while until it doesn't. And then all of a sudden you start to feel like you're failing or you're burned out and you're very tired and like the wheels sort of come off the car. So we don't want the wheels to come off the car. We want to keep the wheels glued to the car, but it does require some uh, changes. Yeah. <laughs> Stop burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and <laughs> she goes, you know, she has five kids, yes. all kinds of things going on. Yes. So, you know, she, she burns. Yeah, you're a busy family. Kids. Like, but you know, we you're... travel and we chill. Yeah. And so she does pull it back. <laughs> better at that now. Yeah, we, we've got quite the active family. Um, and she's like the matriarch. She keeps it all together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, so we, we give her a little grace, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, some adrenal support, what, yeah. what else um, do you feel? What do we get from this? What else do you need us to know? Uh, melatonin. So melatonin is the very top dial. It's hers is at 15. So melatonin uh, of course has a lot to do with sleep. Yeah. It's made at night uh, out of the pineal gland. It's made other places. It's made in the gut. It's made in your mitochondria all over. But we think of it with the sleep-wake rhythm with it, out of the pineal gland in our brain, which is in the little, 
the little gray circle oval mm -hmm. in the brain. So melatonin is, I would argue, one of our most potent antioxidants along mm -hmm. with glutathione. Yeah. But it comes out in darkness and it's to help you stay or to get, excuse me, get to sleep. And so we don't want our melatonin levels to drop because we don't want to lose the antioxidant. We, we like our antioxidants and we don't want to ruin our sleep. And mm -hmm. so um, I tend to see melatonin drop down. Unfortunately, it does drop down with age, which is not fair. Uh, but it also drops down for those who were on bright computers, TVs, phones before bed, because mm -hmm. that white, that blue light, that white light confuses the brain and the brain thinks, oh, it must still be daylight. I will continue to pump out cortisol and not pump out melatonin right. instead. Yeah. So um, I would say, yeah, that's her, right? She's yeah. <laughs> before bed, right? So she's, uh, you know, absolutely pumping that, you know, mm -hmm. pathway. <laughs> Yeah. too much. Recently, I just started supporting her uh, with more melatonin, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and by the way, to your point, what she noticed, you know, she sleeps, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that wasn't the issue for her. But what she noticed is a decrease in just inflammation. Right? Uh, you know, my yes. neck doesn't hurt anymore. You know, yeah, I'm not waking up with low back pain, mm -hmm. right? It's like, you know, to your point, <laughs> it was, you know, absolutely the antioxidant that she was depleting. And um, that was important for her. Yeah. And melatonin is for those women, female listeners, heavily concentrated in our ovaries. So it does help us make our female hormones, estrogen, progesterone, even testosterone. Mm. So um, really good for it there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big takeaway. Okay. There's one more on there. We didn't discuss DHEA, which is also produced in the adrenals. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that because that can go to male hormones for females as well or males. It can. So DHEA, um, so D, we have two types, DHEA and DHEAS. Uh, D, 100% of your DHEAS is made in the adrenals, which is why we have it here. DHEA, no S. Um, some of it can be made in the adrenals, some of it can be made in the ovaries. And so it's another, um, it's in the sort of the testosterone family, we call it an androgen, helps a lot with mood, helps a lot with energy, helps a lot with sexual response. It can go downstream to help further make testosterone, it can further make estrogen. So it's a very important, it's like, it's like the multi, that, those multi-knifes, you know, like that's DHEA, it can do lots of things. It can mm -hmm. be a can opener, it can be a screwdriver, it can be a knife, it can be a wine opener can do all the things in the body. But if it is going down that five alpha reductase pathway, that's when we get, again, the acne, the hair growth we don't like, the, the baldness. So we do have to be very careful with it. In her case, she's kind of depleted. She's in the yellow and below the star. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I gave her a little DHEA, but I have to say she, she didn't get acne, but um, she, she did get some more moody. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it could, I don't know. I don't know what dose you gave her. So I, I joke, I call it man-sized dose and woman-sized dose, um, not to be totally gendered, but um, so the DHA women tend to make physiologically, we make way much lower levels. So five to 10 milligrams total is what we make in a day. Men make a lot more. And so um, I'm not saying you did this, but I hear a lot of my patients are like, oh yeah, I went, got on Amazon, bought 25 milligrams of DHEA and raged all day. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I you took five times 10, the dose. <laughs> I started at 10, cut her back to five Yeah, and she still just wasn't uh, not her thing. Great. That's why when I just said, okay, I'll support the adrenals a little yeah. more just to see if that helps the uh, DHEA output. Yeah. And she needs it anyway, right? Busy woman, 
matriarch of the family, five kids, you, I mean, they're like, right. Like she needs as much support as possible. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. What, what's next? We have a couple other things here. So we have on the left-hand side, I just wanted to point out really quick cortisone. So yeah. in, the, in the left-hand gray shaded yes. graph, cortisone, which not a lot of people have heard of, um, is inactive. It's, we call it the shadow of cortisol. And so some people really favor cortisone. She does not, but some people do. When the body is very stressed out and trying to get you to slow down, it will start to deactivate to cortisone. Mm -hmm. And the reason I like it, the reason I think it's important on this test is because some people say, oh, I don't have a lot of cortisol because I can't make it. And it turns out they're a deactivator and we treat them differently. So it is nice to have that insight into, can you just not make it or do you deactivate? Uh, for example, I'm, my cortisol is low because I'm a deactivator. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is not, she just is her, her brain was just downregulating the production of cortisol. Mm-hmm. So two, two different plans, but it's nice to have that insight into somebody. Got it. All right. Let's yeah. So that's her. Those are her two pages. I think that. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was thinking I gave you the other page. There, there's oh, the organic page. acid. So yeah. Just from there, it shows a few other things. Just kind of explain what else it shows. The test itself, right? Oh, I mean, right. Just, so if we flip the page, <laughs> it would show yeah, you organic we didn't acid. Have it, yeah. <laughs> so we show a B12 marker. We show two B6 markers, glutathione marker, um, a dopamine norepinephrine, which is noradrenaline and epinephrine, which is adrenaline metabolite marker. And then, um, a nifty marker called eight OHDG. And that is a marker of, uh, basically what we call damage to DNA, oxidative stress to DNA. So the higher that is, the more mm-hmm. damaged and irritated your DNA are. So it's nice to add that extra nutrient in the B6, the B12, the glutathione, cause those tie directly back to your hormones sex hormones, cortisol, what have you, and can give you more insight. Yeah. And the test is kind of nice because it kind of explains what those are for, you know, when you actually read your result, you know? Yeah. Like, so the B12 we check as an example, a lot of people take, um, methyl B12. Um, and it turns out on our test, we are looking at what's called adenosyl B12 with an A and adenosyl B12 helps the Krebs cycle. And for those, if you think way back to biochemistry, the Krebs cycle is what helps you make ATP. So energy. So if you're low energy, you're, you know, like it's, everything's hard. You feel like you're walking through quicksand um, and you have low adenosyl B12, then improving that can be really helpful. So if people are watching this, where can they learn more? Where can they learn more about you, your work, read more about what you're talking about? So I hang out a lot on Instagram. <laughs> I'm at dr.carryjones. Everything about that test is you can get all the education, listen to webinars, podcasts like this one um, at uh, www.dutchtest.com. And then all the things you teach because you use yeah. this test. Yeah. You know, one of the things I didn't say is, right, we look at stress um, and also those methyl groups that are responsible for getting rid of toxic testosterone. My, my wife, she didn't have, um, especially at that time, a lot of emotional stress, mm-hmm. but she was depleting her methylation because of her lead levels were so high. Oh, wow. We, we yeah. had trouble getting her methylation up despite supporting every, you know, the magnesium, the zinc, the, mm-hmm. all the methyl donors, the methyl group, the whole pathway. And it just wasn't working. It wasn't until I got her lead levels down 
Now think of the lead as a stress. The body doesn't know the difference between physical, chemical in that case, or emotional. And as I got the lead levels down, her methylation then started to rise. And then this toxic estrogen started to come down. Yeah. So it wasn't a typical case where, you know, oh, just take this, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, she had a lot of lead and her mother did. As it turned out, it was loaded with lead. So the point I want people to hear is stress could be physical, chemical, or emotional. That's where the detox does play into this as well. Um, of course, the emotional stress, you know, and physical stress. I bet you see a lot of athletes that um, are just absolutely depleted and hormonally yeah. a mess because it's a physical stress that they may not be adapting to. And it, you know, presents itself on the test. And the interesting thing about athletes um, is when their coaches or whoever will often be so surprised, oh my gosh, they're 22, 24, 26 at the peak of their life. I'm like, yeah, they're in their twenties. They have age on their side. Absolutely. So they can push through and, and be the best that they are or be on big teams. Um, but look at their hormones, look at their cortisol. Like it's not, they're not going to have a very long career or they're going to get injured repeatedly. We had a, we had a team, um, their, uh, their goalie just kept getting injured, 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 injured. And their trainer was like, could it be cortisol? And like, yes, yes, it could be cortisol. It could be hormone. It could be a lot of things, but yes, don't rule that out. Yeah, no, exactly. So it could be for an athlete. It could be for um, just someone who's like, gosh, I just know I'm not hormonally right. Yep. And, or just someone who's concerned, you know, they're yeah. just concerned about their health not developing cancer or another condition. Um, how, how important is diet in all this? A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we can't, as you know, and say, and talk about, like, we can't out supplement. Yeah. Crap. Right. Yeah. If there's somebody's doing a standard Western diet and they're relying on, um, chemicals and they're relying on, uh, foods that don't have a lot of nutrients in them, um, that they're, you know, fried in, in, in using the less than ideal oils, et cetera. Um, then how are you going to generate these hormones? Yeah. We've already mentioned some of the cofactors, right? Zinc, magnesium, B6, B12. If you, if you're not eating the foods to even power that part of it, if you can't make protein very well, then, then how are you going to heal? Yeah. And something people don't associate is the power of insulin and therefore glucose, right? So people eating too many refined carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. raising insulin and glucose, a lot of those pathways and conversions are dependent on glucose and insulin. And when insulin's up, I mean, that drives PCOS. I mean, Mm that can drive many of those problems. Yeah, absolutely. And cortisol's main job uh, in the body is to help you make or increase glucose. So if you have eaten something high sugar, high carb, um, and you make a lot of insulin and now you have a glucose crash. So you feel terrible. You're tired. You get a headache. Now you're going to spike your cortisol because your cortisol is like, Ooh, I'll, I'll help you. I'll save you. So you just go from one spike to the other. And if you do that all day long, it's very detrimental in the long run. Yeah. Carrie, thank you. Uh, what an education. I, I, um, hope we've inspired people to take this very important test. Um, it is a starting point to just a reflection of what's going on hormonally and therefore how you feel ultimately. And, and obviously can be um, a lead into other diseases and conditions. So really important. Thank you for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed the our conversation. The best. We're going to have you at one of my <laughs> seminars too. I, lo I love it. I'd be honored. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cyto Detox. Look, podcasts cost money. There's a lot of production uh, going around this, but uh, we are grateful to have Cyto Detox as one of the sponsors. It's so easy for me to talk about the product because myself and my family use it constantly as we practice what I preach for over 15 years, I've talked about and taught doctors and the public about cellular detox. And I'll tell you, Cyto was a breakthrough. Cyto was a breakthrough for us. Um, and it's changed so many lives. So we're grateful that they sponsor Cellular Healing TV. It makes sense, doesn't it? They should. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cyto Detox product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit detoxoffer.com. Again, that's detoxoffer.com. Well, that's it for this week. The materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you would like to purchase some of the supplements mentioned on this show, please visit the site as seen on chtv.com and use the code chtv15 for 15% off. Again, that's as seen on chtv.com. Use the code chtv15 for 15% off. And as always, thanks for listening.